This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Welcome. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast show with Andrea and Alice. Our community is made up of so many amazing and diverse groups of people, as are the programs on Joy 94.9. There is something there for everyone. A little part of Joy is where we highlight just some of these amazing programs. We would like to show our respect and acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, of elders past and present of the Kulin Nation, whose land we are broadcasting from. We're opening the evening with a podcast from QNN, Community News. News and information for the lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and intersex communities of Australia and the world. QNN is produced and podcast by Jacob Holman and broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. So if you missed the community news highlights, podcasts are available for download from the JOY website, joy.org.au forward slash QNN or download it for free from the iTunes store. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. From all of us at QNN, we'd like to extend our sincere sympathies to those affected by the recent terrorist attacks in Paris. You're all in our thoughts and prayers. Made in Melbourne, for Australia and the world, this is the Joy 94.9 GLBTIQ News Roundup. A weekly update of what's been happening in the gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans and intersex communities. Hello and welcome to QNN. I'm Alistair Kingston. And I'm Gary Wilson. And I'm Adam Samuel. Australia has been criticised at the Human Rights Council in Geneva on a range of issues, including LGBT rights. As part of the Universal Periodic Review, which takes place every four years, Australia faced 107 questions regarding human rights issues and over 60 recommendations criticising our country's treatment of asylum seekers and refugees. Disability issues, women's rights and LGBT rights, particularly marriage equality, also featured heavily amid court for a federal human rights act. The leader of the Australian Equality Party says his blood is boiling over comments made by the Australian Christian Lobby about a program seeking to end homo and transphobic bullying in schools. The Christian Lobby has presented the Queensland Government with an 11,000 signature petition calling for the Safe Schools Coalition to be scrapped. That's prompted Jason Tuazon Machane to start his own petition in support of the program. Our kids are dying at a seven times higher rate than non-LGBTI kids and our kids are suffering mental harm that they don't need to have. We have to stand against them now and combat them because there's going to be some big fights coming up. Australian Marriage Equality and the Greens have dismissed claims by three coalition MPs that allowing same-sex couples to marry will breach human rights. Nationals Matt Canavan and David Gillespie, along with Liberal Michael Sucker, say the current bill before Parliament protects religious celebrants, but civil celebrants need to have the right to not perform same-sex marriages or their freedom of religion would be infringed. AME says no courts anywhere in the world have found marriage equality breaches anyone else's rights and the claim is scaremongering. Meantime, Green Senator Robert Sims says cloaking homophobia in human rights language is deeply insulting to LGBT Australians. Labor's Penny Wong says South Australia is lagging behind on LGBT rights. Speaking at a law conference in Adelaide, Wong called on the state's parliament to end discrimination, particularly in the areas of IVF and adoption. While praising Premier Jay Weatherall for supporting LGBT rights, Wong says it's disappointing South Australia has gone from leader to laggard on equal rights after being the first state to decriminalise sex acts between men back in 1975. The Upper House of Victoria's Parliament has passed a law giving same-sex couples adoption rights, but with strings attached. The bill was approved with an amendment allowing faith-based adoption 
adoption agencies to continue to discriminate against gay and lesbian couples. If passed again in the lower house, the bill is expected to benefit hundreds of couples, step-parent families and children in permanent care. Overseas and same-sex marriage is now a reality in Ireland six months after the country voted in favour of equality at a national referendum. Couples who've already been married abroad will immediately have their unions recognised, while other couples can now register their intention to tie the knot. Deeply Catholic Ireland has come a long way in 22 years, with homosexuality only decriminalised in 1993. And briefly now, a gay Ugandan-born asylum seeker is facing deportation from the United Kingdom to his homeland, where homosexuality is currently illegal, after immigration officials decided he had failed to prove his sexuality. More than 400 people turned out in Melbourne for a memorial service celebrating the life of drag identity Kerry Lagore. The US show Amazing Race has just announced that it will feature celebrities in its 28th season, featuring out and proud YouTube star Tyler Oakley. And US-based gay publication Out Magazine has named President Obama at the top of the LGBT heroes list, becoming the first US head of state to appear on its cover. The City of Melbourne has thrown its support behind marriage equality. The Council unanimously passed a motion of support at a meeting last week, following the lead of 13 other Victorian councils that have already shown official support for same-sex marriage. Lord Mayor Robert Doyle will write to the Prime Minister to urge federal action as part of the motion. Victorian Director of Australian Marriage Equality Tim Peppard welcomed the move, saying promoting social inclusion is a core role of local government. Group Commander Catherine McGregor has been named 2016 Queensland Australian of the Year by Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk. The 59-year-old won the award for her work as a diversity champion and national leader on trans issues. McGregor is the world's highest-ranked trans military officer who, upon accepting the award, hopes to reconnect with her home state where growing up was unsafe for gay and trans people. The Greens have written to Human Rights Commissioner Tim Wilson calling for a review of Australia's policy on gay men donating blood. They say the current 12-month deferral period for men who have sex with men is discriminatory and men who have safe sex shouldn't be prevented from donating. They say with improvements to testing, deferral should be dropped to six months. A West Australian school has told one of its students' fathers to stay away because he's gay. Foundation Christian College in Mandurah has come under fire after the principal instructed the Year 1 student not to talk about her gay family, which didn't sit well with the student's father. The student has since been withdrawn from the Christian College and moved to a more inclusive school. Currently under WA law, schools are not allowed to discriminate against students or their families based on gender or sexuality. However, religious schools are still exempt. Australia will hold its first ever queer geek and gaming convention in Sydney next year if a crowdfunding campaign in support of the event is successful. It'll be the first time the highly successful US convention Gamer X will be held outside the United States. GX Australia seeks to create an inclusive, safe space for everyone with a passion for gaming and geek culture. It also wants to encourage game developers and publishers to continue improving on issues of representation, community safety and, of course, anti-bullying initiatives. A high-ranking Polish Catholic priest who was sacked after he came out as gay has accused the Vatican of making the lives of homosexuals a hell. Christoph Charomasa thanked Pope Francis for his positive words and gestures but criticised what he called the Vatican's hypocrisy in banning gay priests even though he said the clergy was full of homosexuals. He sparked outrage at the Vatican by publicly declaring his homosexuality earlier this month on the eve of a bishop's synod which touched on the divisive issue of the church's relationship to gay believers. And briefly now, a new law has come into effect in Indonesia stating that any men caught in the act of gay sex will receive 100 lashes. In a surprise move, bishops from the Church of Norway have thrown their support behind marriage equality. And the ANZ Bank has reported that same-sex marriage would deliver a boost to the national economy worth at least $500 million a year in additional weddings alone. 
A parliamentary vote on whether to allow same-sex marriage could be held before the next election under a radical plan proposed by Liberal MP Warren Ench. Mr Ench has told ABC Radio he's urging Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull to introduce legislation to amend the Marriage Act but leave it to a plebiscite to ratify any changes. Before he was ousted, Tony Abbott promised a plebiscite after the next election but did not specify any details. An inner suburban Melbourne cafe bar has come under fire for homophobia after listing no soy, no skinny, no tea and no poofta drinks on a menu outside its premises. When customers complained to bar staff that the sign was offensive, the bar's owner denied this and refused to take down the sign. A customer told a Melbourne newspaper that he and a group of friends were drinking in the bar when they saw the homophobic message. They confronted the owner about the sign and then left. Following an outcry on social media, the owner has since taken down the offensive sign. The Victorian government is set to provide $50,000 in funding to explore the possibility of creating a Pride Centre in Melbourne. The state's Gender and Sexuality Commissioner Rowena Allen made the announcement during the annual general meeting of the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby last week. Tonight I can tell you that I've come away today with $50,000 to work with PwC to look at the development of a Pride Centre and I'm happy to have a chat a bit more about that. Over to the UK, and a London man has been remanded in custody after being charged with the murders of four men that he met on gay dating websites. It's alleged an East London man used GHB to poison a number of victims before dumping their bodies in a churchyard. Police have appealed to the gay community there for information to support ongoing investigations. A top UK military official says gay soldiers make the British Army far more effective. Lieutenant General James Everard has said diverse teams of people, if well-led, are far more effective than bog-standard teams. In a plea for LGBT people to join the military, the Army leader said the military needs people from non-traditional backgrounds in order for it to be successful. The UK dropped its ban on lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people openly serving in the year 2000. 230 serving troops out of 80,000 have come out as gay or bisexual since. And briefly now, outspoken activist Jermaine Greer has come under fire for claiming the only reason Caitlyn Jenner transitioned from male to female was because she was jealous of the limelight the other female Kardashians were receiving. And surprise, surprise, the Vatican claims there are no grounds for same-sex marriage, stating no concessions will be made for LGBT people in the Catholic Church. And now for this week's QNN Sport, here's Tanya Lewis. Rugby World Cup final referee Nigel Owens has recently admitted that he once went to the doctor to try to rid himself of being gay. Owens told CNN he was struggling so much with his sexuality early on that he asked to be chemically castrated. He says once he learnt to accept himself, he was finally free to continue with refereeing. Last week, the gay rugby documentary Scrum featured on Foxtel's Showcase channel, exploring the Sydney convicts and their rise and fall in the Bingham Cup. The team are the defending champions of the Rugby World Cup, but since moving up a grade in the comp, they say they've had to get used to losing while gelling as a team to achieve their ultimate goal. To me, it's not really about the rugby journey. To me, this is a healing journey. With all the stuff that happened as a kid, I've lost all trust in males, and you guys showed me as brothers that I could trust so much that I could share a sacred part of my culture that I've never shared anyone before. Thank you all. And finally, a transgender man in the US has become the first to swim in the National College Association's Division 1 competition. Shyla Bayless swam the 200 breaststroke medley relay and the 400 free relay for Harvard against Bryant on Friday, finishing in fourth. Baylor's best score was in the 100-yard breaststroke where his fifth place scored him a point for his college. He says it was an emotional moment to swim as his true self for the first time. Thanks, Tanya. And that's what's making LGBT headlines for another week. I'm Alistair Kingston. I'm Gary Wilson. And I'm Adam Samuel.
Thanks to the team at QNN. That was the Joy 94.9 GLBTIQ News Roundup. To hear this update again, you can subscribe to the QNN podcast, available at joy.org.au slash QNN. Or you can follow QNN on Twitter at QNN Australia. At QNN Australia. You're on Joy 94.9 and this is a little pot of joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next from Babble Pop, Classics. Babble Pop is an amazing music show on Joy 94.9, which celebrates our diverse communities with the newest pop and dance music from around the world in languages other than English. In their most recent podcast, the team highlighted classic pop tracks from Japan, Slovenia and more. Normally we don't include music in the Little Pot of Joy, but we couldn't resist because Babble Pop has just been awarded Best New Program in the Music Category by the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia – a very prestigious award. Congratulations, Babble Pop! And you can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash Babble Pop, or download it from the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Put English in the back seat. It's time for Babble Pop on Joy 94.9. Good evening, Melbourne, and good morning, Europe. This is Babble Pop on Australia's only GLBTIQ radio station, Joy 94.9. And this week on the show, it's a little bit of a sombre occasion, but we're going to push through anyway. After today's horrific events, why not cheer things up a bit with a show of classics, including something in Japanese, uh, something fun from a little-known Swedish band, and, of course, something in French from our friend Mika Plus. Get the first hearing of Guy Sebastian's brand-new song. Uh, it's all going on this hour right here on BabbleBot. Let's get started with a classic from uh, from 1992 from Indigenous group Yothu Yindi. They were formed back in 1986 with members from Yomgu lands, uh, which are part of Arnhem Land, led by singer Mr Yunuk Pingu, who died in 2013. They were inducted into the Aria Hall of Fame in 2012, and this track peaked at number 13 in 1992 from their album Tribal Voice, the same album that Treaty came from. Huge, huge song. The song is well you probably wouldn't know I reckon you'd know it I think you I think you will I'm just I'm guessing you might this track is called Japana Sunset Dreaming it's the uh God pity mix the the radio mix that you would be very much used to it's Yoto Yindi starting the classics right here on Babble Bob on your favorite radio station Joy 94.9 oh. Take my mind 
here on Joy 94.9's Babble Pop with an hour of music from around the world in languages other than English. I'm a bit excited because the show has just won an award. Thank you very much to CBAA, this year's winner of Best New Radio Program. I'm just a little bit excited. How very, how very excited am I? Our next one I've got for you is in Japanese. It's from 28-year-old Japanese pop and R&B singer Thelma Aoyama. She's been making music since 2007. And the song that I've got for you was actually released back in 2008. It was her second single. Now, the reason why it's made the classic list, uh, even though it's, you know, only, what, uh, seven years old or so, uh, is because this particular song sold over nine million copies. Uh, that's both on the d- downloads and physical altogether and was one of the most best-selling songs uh, in Japan. It actually was not... It actually was um, uh, in the Guinness Book of Records for the number of copies it sold, but they got overtaken by another track that uh, sold more. This is a big, big song. It features 32-year-old rapper Solya, and the, the two of them have been making a lot of music together. Uh, Solya had a track called Koko ni Iro Yo, uh, which uh, Thelma Aoyama featured on. And then what happened was that she decided to make a bit of a response song to that song. And that's what this one is. The track is called Soba ni Irune, which is Japanese for Be By Your Side. And you know what? It's a really, really cool song. I hadn't heard it before, but I went and did some research. Lo and behold, there it was. You can say uh, hello. Let me know what you think of the music anytime during the show. 0427 Joy 949 on air at joy.org.au. Or you can also say hello on Twitter at Babble Pop on Joy. This is Thelma Aoyama featuring Soya with Soba ni Irone right here on Babble Pop on Joy 94.9. Thank 
Joy 94.9 is a little part of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next, a podcast from Countercultured. DJ Tamara is a boss. Have you ever wanted to see the next big artist before they hit fame? Dylan can not only say he saw them, but he also got to chat with them on Countercultured. 
DJ Tamara is Victoria's next killer electronic act, and if you don't believe him, listen to this chat and get lost in her set as she takes the stage as a countercultured special guest DJ. You can listen to the entire podcast by downloading it from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash countercultured, or download it from the iTunes store. This is A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Savory sets and tasty jams. Countercultured special guest DJ. Dylan Adler's my name and I'm hanging out with you. But it's that time that we welcome our special guest DJ for the week. Now, tonight's special guest DJ is somebody who lives and breathes music. She integrates tunes into every aspect of her life and fuses together genres and sounds like a chef would with their masterpiece dish. And... I can tell you from first-hand experiences, she makes the audience vibe with her from the very first drop. I would love to welcome DJ Tammy Bonanza to Countercultured. Hello, Dylan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, uh, it is an absolute pleasure because you are a you. You just blew everyone away. You had the whole Your Shot 2015 um, in a buzz because there was a certain there was a certain artist that was or a certain act that was going to be in integrating live instruments with their set and we're like oh my god who is it where are they where are they (laughs) you had everyone in a buzz um and that's that's kind of a risk yeah it was very risky I was actually very nervous about doing it my mum actually suggested it to me first and all my friends that I work with um to play the violin live and I was like oh my god I don't know how everyone's going to like react to it and and receive it And then I was talking to some guys at a Your Shot meeting that we had and I was just telling them about myself and how I played the violin. And they were like, well, maybe you should play it like life. And I was like, you think that's cool? And they were like, yeah. And that's when I really started to think about it and yeah. And then smash it in. Well, do you know what's really funny? Kabaha yourself, who took out the Melbourne finalist, (laughs) his mum, after he heard about your performance, was like, and where was your violin? Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> so you know, that, I thought that was um, that was quite a cute story, and I think it's cool that you did have that that debate because you know you are you, you're part of an orchestra. You teach violin as yeah, well. I like do, yeah. this is something that is quite close to your heart, just like DJing and and progressive house and electro and that whole jo- and those genres are to you. So yeah. it's it, it's quite interesting to see that there was that that dynamic of do you do blend them together? Yeah. I'm How? glad I did. Just talk me through the nerves and the jitters from going, do I play it? Do I do I bring the instrument in? Do I play the violin live? And then when you had people screaming <laughs> and cheering and fist pumping to mm. violin. Like, just talk me through that, Tammy. On the Saturday event day, I went and watched everyone. And I was really starting to get second thoughts about it then. Because, like, I was seeing everyone else and it was actually happening. Yeah, then, I don't know, about half an hour before my set, I started to, you know, relax. I don't know, it was really weird, very calming. And then, yeah, I got up there and then, yeah, it was crazy. I did not expect that response. Like, everyone literally, like, was just screaming so much and it was crazy. And then after I got off stage, I had people, like, waiting side stage to talk to me, saying how amazing it was. And literally, I couldn't walk anywhere without someone stopping me, saying how much they loved it. I think I but walked yeah. past you a few times and was yeah, like, high you five. Did. <laughs> <laughs> you did, you did. <laughs> you know, when, when you're talking about your nerves and the lead up to your set, you should have seen the dudes that followed you oh, because really? they were like, they were like, how do we follow serious? that act? Yeah. Their set was really good. I loved it, it. It was amazing. But, you know, you put yeah. the you put the heat on for every artist that saw you <laughs> and then had to follow that. Look, I want to talk about 
because you know you do mix with progressive house and electro. Yes. And progressive house is a very experimental genre. You know, it's very uh, evocative and emotional as well. It has yes. the, it has those tugs and those pulls. Um, and that can be a scary feat for a DJ, you know, like, because you have to know how to read the crowd. You yeah, have to know exactly. when to layer it in. How much of your classical training went into that to be able to do stuff on the fly and be able to, to build up those layers, to build up that context within a set? Yeah, well, that's a tricky question. Um, I don't know, just understanding the music and like the layout of the song and, you know, all the melodies and everything. I think that really helps in understanding that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's quite hard what you do. It's not it's not an easy task. Like not everyone can be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a DJ. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Because that for me at least, like you need to have the musical training behind you. Yeah, a lot of people do. say that you don't, but I'm sorry, you do. You really you need, do. Yeah. <laughs> you need to understand keys. You exactly. need to understand timing. Yeah, no, you really do. Um, <laughs> now I need to know from yourself what's more important for you, the build or the drop? Ooh. They're both very important. Mm. But I think the drop is when, you know, everyone really gets into it then. Yeah, I think that's the part you can really like, you know, jump along to and fist pump. But the build up is really important as well because you're getting everyone ready for that moment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But which one's more important? Oh, probably. I don't know now. Let's say the drop. The drop. The drop is for now because, you know, it changes. For now. It changes, yes. (laughs) We'll talk to you in six months' time and see where you're at. Yeah. And something that I'm very curious because, you know, you are somebody who I rate as someone who has a strong musical ear. Yes. Um, Who who are you listening to? Who are you influenced by as an artist? As other artists? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, I really love like Otto Knows and all mm. those and even Tiger Lily's new music. It's it's really musical. Like it's not just like, you know, doof, doof, doof. It has like, you know, musical elements. There's strings, like her new single, um, Paradise. Oh, yes. It's got like strings, really great vocals and all that. And that's what I like to listen to. Like, I mean, in the club, it's good to hear bangers. But, yeah. you know, that can get a bit old and it's nice to hear actual music like played in clubs well the cool thing with tiger lily is she's married up pop and electro in a very very well formatted way i mean that's and the zach waters remix i mean oh my god yeah zach waters (laughs) is really good yep now um you're we're nearly out of time for this chat but where can people find more of your tunes because you've been putting stuff up on soundcloud quite a bit little miss thing i have i have Yes, well, if you head over to my SoundCloud account, which is just DJ Tamara, you can listen to all of my mixes. I've probably got about 10 up there now. I didn't, I was putting them up before your shot started. So there's a few older ones. So they should be interesting, but they're still good, but they're not as tight as they are now. Um, But yeah, and I upload pretty regularly up, up onto SoundCloud. Awesome. And tonight you are not on here just because I think that you're a total dreamboat. You're here because you're tonight's special guest DJ. Um, What can you tell us about this set that we'll be airing tonight? Well, it's full of progressive and electro house tunes as per usual. There's no violin in it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Heaps of, you know, good vocals, very musical and, you know, a few good drops as well. Yeah, there we go, the drops. Yeah, the drops, the <laughs> drops. Hey, you're listening to Countercultured, DJ Tamara. Thank you so much for coming in tonight. Thank you and so much for having me. I've had such a great time. You're on Joy 94.9. Hey, my name's Tamara and you're listening to my brand new mix. 10, 9, 
Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Zero. Colors fade. Now all I see is black and white. There's no more vices I can take. Out of order, out of time. So you came away with an inhibition, crystal clear. Like light through a prism, I'll take everything to give it, give it me.
You're on Joy 94.9, and this is A Little Pot of Joy with Andrea and Alice. Up next, we have On the Line, hosted by Dean Beck, with Brent Allen. HIV happenings ahead of World AIDS Day 2015. Living Positive Victoria's Executive Officer, Brent Allen, joins Dean to discuss the recent developments in the community activation of PrEP and the activities of World AIDS Day. And you can download the entire podcast from the Joy website, joy.org.au forward slash on the line or from the iTunes store. You're listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. Joining us is Brent Allen, Executive Officer of Living Positive Victoria. There is a lot going on ahead of World AIDS Day, December 1. Welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Now, Brent, uh, last weekend there was a special meeting between uh, interested parties in and around PrEP. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So um, VAC hosted a really important meeting that brought together the community activists working around pre-exposure prophylaxis. Um, So those are mostly the face group guys who are organizing and there's a, I think there's maybe three different groups at the moment I'm not really sure um, but um, Living Positive Victoria was there Victorian AIDS Council and the researchers who were behind the Vic Prep trial I ran into uh, Daniel McPhail and uh, his flatmate Chris who run the Facebook support group uh, recently and had a good chat with them they're, they're good people doing um, amazing work of, out of the goodness of their own heart with no, uh, no grandstanding Absolutely. It reminds me so much of the early days in terms of the response to HIV when um, we had to organize because, frankly, due to homophobia um, and due to the stigma around HIV, no one was organizing. You know, it's it's. It was just amazing to sit in the room and listen to these guys who are so passionate and believe so strongly in in what they're doing. And for good reason, you know, PrEP works. We need to get the message out there. But even more so, we need to change the policy environment so that people don't have to rely on getting surreptitious access through, you know, international sites. I couldn't agree more because the current state of play with PrEP in this country is you've got to get it overseas unless you're on the trial. Uh, And the message I don't think is loud enough and clear enough of the importance of the three-monthly visit to the doctor in the equation of equals ending HIV. Absolutely. And one of the things we talked about in the meeting was the importance of not just um, the notion that you get on pills and that will protect you, but that PrEP is actually a program. Mm. And the program includes adherence. Um, The program includes three-monthly testing, not just for STIs, but just to make sure that your liver is doing okay, that your kidneys are doing okay, um, in the same way that people living with HIV has to have to get regular tests. And what it would say is people more regularly uh, getting checked up and the potential decrease of STIs um, if everyone's on board in that program. But I think that message of testing uh, or or visiting a doctor every three months uh, isn't loud enough in the current arrangement. And if it was approved on PBS and uh, by the TGA, um, it would be a, a must-do anyway. You'd, you'd just have to do it. Absolutely. And in the same way as an HIV-positive person, you can't, you, you can't not go to your doctor to get your mm. blood work done if you want to get your scripts, and you've got to get your scripts. It, it's, a, it's a really important point, and the meeting was about bringing people together who are all advocating for the same goal, the same vision, but from different points of view and with different strategies, together to make sure that all of our messages are reinforcing one another. 
I'm uh, very honoured to have been asked to host a community conversation on World AIDS Day about this subject. Um, the recent guerrilla poster campaign really did shock uh, this little state and this little city, and uh, we got the conversation started. So it would be great to be able to continue that conversation on World AIDS Day in a community forum that's open to the public. I agree. I think it's going to be a really important forum. Now, part of the panel of that will be yourself and Simon Ruth uh, from the Victorian AIDS Council. We'll have a couple of the participants of the trial. Um, we'll also have Edwina Wright, um, and uh, we'll have a couple of the people that are doing the community work, I guess, uh, as all part of that conversation. Absolutely. I think um, for me, you know, everyone hears me spout off all the time. I think what's really important is that they hear from the activists in the community, um, that they hear that it's not just about agencies trying to champion this for themselves or for their constituencies. This is this is, you know, the people want this and they need it and they want to save their lives. Uh, I, it's, I, I'm just doing a little research uh, online last night. Uh, the UK is having this same conversation. Uh, they're trying to get PrEP approved. And uh, there are community activists over there setting up websites, um, working out how to get it uh, overseas. It's not the perfect solution. And we, 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 we could... Why can we fast-track swine flu stuff and we can't fast-track this? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. It is a bit about um, the price and the cost involved. Um, I think you can no longer argue that it's efficacy about whether or not it's an effective um, uh, prophylactic treatment. It is. It's been shown repeatedly around the world that it is. And you're right. We're not the only country struggling for this. And it's not just the UK. It's Canada. It's New Zealand. It's lots of other countries. Brett Allen, we've had this message come through from Daniel who asks, can you please talk about how PrEP guards against STIs other than HIV? If it doesn't, why is PrEP being... uh, offered as an alternative to safe sex. Surely this is not safe sex if condoms aren't used. Yeah, it's an interesting and it's a very good question. I think what's important for people to understand is that PrEP protects you against HIV. Only. Only. It will not protect you against other sexually transmissible infections. But I want to challenge the notion that safe sex has been and is about condom use. That is not the case. There are lots of strategies to reduce your risks um, in terms of STIs. And it's important to know, and it's important for your listeners to understand, that the actual efficacy of condoms for use in anal sex is 70%. PrEP, in terms of HIV prevention, PrEP is nearly 100%. I feel awkward saying 100% because it sounds like it's such a definitive thing. But Probably a better way of saying is it uh, used correctly, not one single case of HIV transference has been recorded. Yes, and but you could say the same with condoms. But condoms um, break, condoms... Um, spill. There are lots of problems with condoms. People use expired condoms. People don't understand there's micro tears and abrasions in condoms. They use them with oil-based lubes. They use them with oil-based lubes. There's lots of things. And for many STIs, it's actually not about anal sex. It's not about penetrative sex. Lots of STIs, gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, are all mostly transmitted through oral sex. We're speaking with Brent Allen, Executive Officer of Living Positive Victoria. Um, There is a vast array of events happening for World AIDS Day this year. It's a different format. Um, And it's, I guess, 
inspired by AIDS 2014. Absolutely. I think this year uh, we're so happy to be trialling this new uh, format where it's about having three strands of activities happening simultaneously, a bit like what the international conference was like, a leadership strand, a science strand, and a community strand. Um, in that, people can cross back and forth and take part in what they want to take part in. And I think it's going to be a really exciting time because HIV, the World AIDS Day story is not is about awareness, but it's not solely about awareness. It's an opportunity to educate. It's an opportunity to become acquainted, not just with the science, but with those working in the areas, those volunteering for the studies. Um, it's so much more, and I'm so glad that we're doing something more than just a public event. It's also an opportunity for individuals to actually connect to the sector um, and engage with the issue. And, and uh, you know, I think that's really important. Absolutely. I want to go back to what some of the things we talked about on Saturday. One of them was um, training prepsters, <laughs> people on prep, um, up to being public speakers. It's one of the things that we do in um, Living Positive Victoria and we've been doing for years and years. And actually getting those guys who are on prep, who want to be the advocates, who want to be the speakers about it. Prep is still a contested issue for many people. Um, and it's important that we equip them with the skills to be confident public speakers, to face down the stigma, to face down the opposition, and actually talk eloquently and with passion as they do already in a way that gives them confidence and resilience. You're on Joy 94.9 with Andrea Nellis. We've come to the end of another wonderful evening on A Little Pot of Joy. There are so many more programs on Joy 94.9 producing a diverse range of content and podcasts. Even your favourite programs from the past will have a podcast so you can go back and listen to your favourite moments on Joy. You can find the complete podcast from tonight's show on the Joy website joy.org.au or download them for free from the iTunes store. You've been listening to A Little Pot of Joy, the podcast program. See joy.org.au and click on our podcast link to subscribe to your favourite podcasts free. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.